G'day punters, welcome to the Deep Dive. It's the show where we're taking the best of the puntingform.com.au data and the Betfair live wagering intelligence to review the weekend. But we're going to start on Friday. We're going to start with a case study before we jump into anything else metropolitan-wise. We're going to do a little case study on Ballarat Race 5. Jack Dickens, this was a race that took your fancy to a certain extent, given that there was a horse, Ginger Jones, that you had been following at its previous start. Do you want to just run us through what happened there on Friday? Yeah, Ginger Jones' horse we backed at Bendigo, which was second up. Um, Jay Carr rode there, and she went on for John McNeil. I like the horse a lot to be at Express Pass. It failed. Um, that was a, a benchmark 78, which was the same sort of race. This was a benchmark 78 on Friday uh, at Bendigo. Well, we're gonna we're gonna flood you with a lot of pictures here to back up what we're saying. But at Bendigo, they went 2.8 slower than the all average benchmark. Um, the race itself went 2.2 to the 600. So she was she went 2.8. The race went 2.2. So therefore, she's very close to the lead, which is historically this horse's pattern. Uh, I didn't bet in this race because I the, the betting looked very very suspect to me, and I didn't want to be involved in the race. Right, but I still watched it uh, here at Ben at Ballarat on Friday. The race went 8.5. Slow to the 600, which is this very is an 1100 meter race on the Sintho at Ballarat, where it's majority often on pace suited. Ginger Jones went 11.6 slow to the 600, did that with its head for about a third of that race aiming forward, a third of it was going left, and a third of it was going right. And the 100% of it, its mouth was wide open, and it was like, oh, <laughs> it was not sweet. Um, it looked incredibly poor to the eye. Um, the horse over-raced badly. She snicked it heavily. Why? I don't know. Uh, in the same race, uh, John Allen's horse, which very interestingly, punters, if you go and have a look, we're going to put up a picture for you so you can just look at it here, but you can go and check it for yourself. Our win spirit, Lindsay Smith, John Allen, the only horse from opening markets, from 9am markets, from however you want to look at the markets, that was backed. Every other horse in this race was soft. Our win spirit was was the only one they wanted. Went off about $2.10. It missed the start. Didn't matter because no one crossed him. They just waited for him to come through. Up you come, John. He led. Wasn't able to win. Um, we're going to show you some footage of the race. We're going to show you some footage of the stewards' report, uh, the stewards' vision, which, fascinatingly, and I don't know if this means this race is under investigation or not, uh, no idea, but the stewards' vision cuts out as they enter the straight. I don't know if that's just a, a technical glitch or what that is, but when you add that to all these other factors about the the betting, the maps, the punting form data, like the actual how fast they've gone, it looks incredibly sus to me. And, and the fact, Peter, that they have changed the stewards' report. So I I posted the stewards' report on Friday on my Twitter. Um, if you go and look at that picture on my Twitter, which hopefully we'll be able to put up on this show as well, yep. now you look at the stewards' report now today, they have gone in there and added to this report and addressed the, the thing that, that shit me the most that afternoon, which was the change of tactics, a clear change of tactics. She was intent on riding this thing as cold as possible. This is a horse that sits outside lead. If you go into Ginger Jones's like, profile, you'll see like last start sat second in run, previously fourth, Last prep, third in run, led, and then seventh in run. So this is a horse that always puts itself sort of... The worst it's settled in its life... 
you can see on your punting form screen is that seventh, fourth, first, sixth, fifth, second, second, fourth, fourth, third, fourth, third, first, seventh, fourth, second, sixth. So you could point I out as really... well when it settled seventh, it was going significantly faster. That was a very fast tempo race. They've gone seven lengths faster at six hundred there. Yeah, but Peter, we need to take into account that the stewards are unaware of of how fast they go. As a rule, they don't seem to have any uh, care in the world for, for sectional data. So they look at position and run, and that's how they, they will measure this sort of thing. You and I know, and we're trying to talk to our audience about how important sectional data is, ponyform.com.au. But yeah, I was pissed off that the horse clearly changed the tactics. Like the intent to ride this thing cold was unbelievable. So then the stewards have now gone in and addressed that. And Jamie Carr has said that that was her her aim was to ride it cold. Her aim previously was to ride it cold, and that seems to be all they just accepted it. Where if you look at the way she rode the horse at Bendigo versus the way she rode the horse at Ballarat, and then you're going to accept that she was trying to ride for cover at Bendigo as she was at Ballarat, then I, I just don't think that's sweet. Go watch both the replays. Tell me what you guys think on Twitter. Uh, we'll just also point out that the win market on Betfair, this was the highest bet race at Ballarat there on Friday, $230,874, and $143,792 was matched on our win spirit, who ran third, which look, in itself isn't surprising that it was the most matched. It was reasonably short in the market, but I guess given the fact that there was nothing else for any of the other runners and given the fact they also showed basically no intent throughout the race. It looked a little bit interesting, uh, shall we say, from that point of view. And, and is the fact that the stewards have edited the stewards report, does that mean that they're investigating this race? We wouldn't know. There's no narrative of it around it. But uh, I think it's worth looking at, worth talking about, because integrity is really, really important. Just while we're on Ballarat as well, I'll just point out that in race two, there was a horse called Gwen's Gift that led. It was $18 20. on the fair. And uh, the stewards have actually severely reprimanded the trainer of that horse. Now, I'll quote here. Uh, Declan Bates reported when questioned he had been instructed to settle in a forward position. When questioned, trainer Christopher Davis reported that from the good gate, it was the intention to settle in a forward position with cover. However, it had not been the intention to lead. Now, this horse didn't lead last start, but it did lead the start before, so in the same preparation. Further, when questioned about its last start at Bendigo, when the stable had advised a change of tactics to be ridden further back, he stated that on that occasion, it was the intention to gain cover from the wide gate, but it had begun awkwardly and settled further back than he intended. He conceded that he should have altered the stewards, should have altered the stewards to the change. I'm not even sure that's English there. Anyway, <laughs> well, I won't pick that up. We'll play on. I can do the editing job if you want to forward it through to me, though. Uh, to the change in tactics on this occasion, trainer Christopher Davis was severely reprimanded and advised of his obligations under the rules in future. So there you know, they, uh, they, they can actually enforce the rule, apparently. I'm not sure what severely reprimanded means. It probably means being uh, told off in a sternly worded fashion. Yes. Well, we're going to get to what we're going to get to what effect the severe reprimand can have on uh, later on in the show, boys. What do you think about Ballarat Race Five? Have you watched it? Yeah. Scary. Uh, no, I haven't. Can't log into my dot uh, com account on this bloody machine, so I haven't seen it. One for the punters. I want your, uh, want your data. Yeah. Bill? I had a look. I had a look, um, and uh, look at some. You know, the quality of trainer Uncle Lindsay and. And um, Johnny not getting the job done is the biggest surprise there. Um, <laughs> that that horse seemed to be gifted the PR and couldn't get the job done. Um, I'm I'm sure they'd be disappointed because that if was. You um, watched 
if you do Without watch a replay, um, credit in half half lock sort of he's having a bit of a go like in in the race. He oh, can't great. believe that they've they've gifted this thing PR. They can't he can't get over it. <laughs> and then if you watch the if you watch the after race, BZ who was on um, the horse that ran second, he wasn't happy either. <laughs> the, the boys, everyone sort of is aware that something might have gone on here. I think. Well, look, it's just you know. It looked that way, and I'm, I could probably class myself as an impartial observer to Victorian racing, but a, as a racing person, um, you know, a hot it, go expert though, a yeah, hot go expert. As I was going to say, hot go expert. Where's the Where's the sign? You know, you uh, should have the rort sign this week, Jack. It's there. <laughs> you know, that that that's, that looked pretty obvious to me. Um, anyway, so we'll see. So Curly, uh, we'll just just on the rort sign. We'll, we'll get to that a little bit later, but uh, you might have to replace it with the sting sign this week, isn't that what you said during the week? That if it's it's only a rort if you're not on the end of it, but if you're on to uh, if you're on to it early, it's a sting. There's only two ways. There's only there's only two things that happen on the racetrack. It's a rort, and that's when you're not involved. But when you are involved, it's a sting. It's pretty straightforward. Um, and there was a couple of stings. During the week in Queensland. All right. Well, well, Shall we, we head to Tormund now? No, no, we'll, we'll hold that for a little bit later because there was another story during the week that we touched on last week on the deep dive in New South Wales with Montefilia being scratched because in David Payne, the trainer's opinion, the, uh, the track was performing worse than a heavy nine. Well, it raced this week on a heavy nine. Uh, it was a smaller field, looked better suited on paper. But uh, now I'm not sure if anyone else heard this and I'm not sure if anyone at home still has the, the footage. I went trying to find it last night, but I can't find any of the post-race interviews with, with jockey Glenn Boss, but he was asked by Greg Radley how the track felt and I'm sure he said it feels every bit a 10. So it was performing and feeling worse than what it actually was rated there on Saturday. But anyway, we'll let that well, go. Be, I don't believe that. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah, Rose, was, Rose, <laughs> Rose Hill was a seven or an eight. Yeah, that's what it seemed to be. It was obviously and, another and, heavily and biased Ray, track. Rob, the thing is, they call one one a one a nine or a ten at, at Rose Hill, and you call Ram like Ramwick's going to be a nine. They mark a ten this week, but it's really going to be a twelve. It's like a, a glue pod. It's just a totally different thing. So, that, so the, the lesson out of this, though, then, is to write that down, punters at home, is a heavy 10 at Randwick is high risk and could be a lot worse, and you can half-trust it at Rose Hill. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, as long as it's not, like, rain on the day. You know, it, there was no rain on Saturday. We had 20 mils a day before, but we've probably had 50 mils um, in the last three days, and there's more on the, on the way uh, this week. Um, so they probably will put up Randwick at, at 10, um, but... Jeepers creepers! If I had if I had a horse, I, I, we had 27 scratchings at Rose Hill. Um, I don't know how they're going to get any fields with with fresh horses on um, Saturday at Randwick. Well, it just goes to show it was another example of a day where how could you bet early? Given that you really had to be rails in run, it was basically essential there on the day. The only couple of winners outside of Montefilia who got the the best, I guess, of the the early going, um, settling off the fence. But outside of that, the only other two horses were Tavion Prince and Desert Path, which were both in longer distance races to get the job done. Rob, it was a good performance by yourself, just, you know, knocking back. We were talking about it on the day, and I think everyone realised that it was rails and run. But are you taking too much out of this meeting? Oh, just, you know, they saw saw a good colt win the Rosebud, uh, Andes, yeah, look, it's good to see some good horses again for a change. Like last week, I, I had nothing to say. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I get excited. Which which horses are exciting you the most moving forward? 
Uh, I'd say Andes. You know, I'm, I haven't seen the data. You know, that's not my bag, but um, I've got a feeling that's going to be the best of the day. It was the best of the day. 12.1 lengths above on the puntingform.com.au all-average benchmark. It obviously destroyed that field, got the best of times uh, out in front, but it's gone at a fast tempo and it's recorded a really big career PB for the horse. Maybe it's a $20 million colt. Like when it was coming back into the yard, uh, old Kirk tried to sneak in front of it just to get into the mounting yard. He just didn't, didn't want any of that. And just when it walked out, um, you know, with, after the saddle off, he, he felt like he'd done a really good day's work. This is a, this is a, um, got a great attitude, great looker, proper sprinter. And, um, you know, it's good a horse going around in Sydney right now. Are you following anything else out of this race, Rob? Uh, old, old Kirk, typical Hawks, um, came back really well. Um, I, I think I said on the text, you know, 1,200 question mark, you know, track question mark. Um, I, I think that's in for a good prep. Um, other than that, yeah, I, I think the winner's a, a standout. Kieran Ma did say on radio late last week or before the Rosebud that that horse he potentially had in mind for a Group 1 at Mooney Valley later this year, so... Might be uh, might be where you'll be seeing that horse, Rob. Might be coming oh. down our way. COVID right. pending. Yeah, I'd say I'd say COVID pending. But there's a lot of good three-year-old races coming up. But um, I guess they all lead towards the Golden Rose, which is probably not his go. But yeah, just yeah, it's 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 a bit it's a bit tricky with these tracks at the moment with the good horses coming back. Um, who knows when we'll see him? Group two, Missile um, Stakes, the twelve hundred, mm. small field. Anything take your eye? Melody Bell obviously was disappointing, oh, but well, I mean, well. how was anyone thinking that horse could start favourite over twelve hundred? Is beyond me. But ten-time Group winner or some shit? Maybe yeah. the heavy it, track. Yeah, elite heavy track stats. You know. Yeah, but twelve hundred. I mean, you know, even if it was a small field, they couldn't have it in the yard. Yeah. Just uh, put oh. it fourth. Okay. Fourth in the numbers and. Um, you know, look well above itself in condition, didn't walk that well. Um, got, even got a bit sweaty, which, you know, I only see about 10, 15% of horses in Sydney actually get sweaty in the mounting yard. It, it was um, yeah, it's just, just just a trial, wasn't it? Um, look, the, the Waller horses here, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a sucker for a, for a Waller horse coming back beautifully. Mr. Seawolf, I think I found him in a Doncaster one day. He's, mm. he's a nuggety type. I, I do like him. Um, but imaging, I recall, first up last campaign when he had that um, demolition derby with uh, Cascadian yep. at Randwick. Uh, he was a bit um, heavy that day, um, and I, you know, quickly penned him, but he looked more forward. Um, he was and, gelded you know, as well, Rob. Yeah, well, lost a, yeah, a little bit of testosterone out or something. <laughs> He's kind of, um, you know, fine down. Uh, speaking of fine, Flit has always been a, a fine filly. Uh, well, when I say fine, I don't mean, you know, hot like a Nikita Jane. I mean, uh, just like a lot lightly boned. Um, yeah, Flit, Flit, you know, perfect wet tracker kind of prototype. Um, maybe a little bit disappointing here. Bit silly of me not to, not to launch Eduardo with Nash on, getting the job done. Proper sprinter. It looked like it had come on from its first up run when we were on. Yeah, well, I'll just point out you did find Flit first up last preparation and got the job done at $15 or so. I was waiting for you to see what you thought, and uh, when you didn't give it the push, I thought, well, there you go. That's uh, that's probably enough there. But you mentioned uh, Nash. Big, boy, big big boys now. You know, she's up. You know, she's not parading against fillies. She's yeah. parading against open company. So, you know, a fine bone little fillies is not gonna you know not gonna really float my boat. That horse of Wallace that you did like, I I copped the tip there and. 
Um, I backed it to run second to Eduardo. I think it should have run a clear second, shouldn't it? The one yeah. that you liked. Yeah, yeah, it got it got held up. A bit of a pox on the race, maybe is mm. is Glenall. It's just like a Saturday Saturday horse at best. You know, no, it's, it's a Saturday horse, Glenall, and um, she she she's only she hasn't been beaten far, and she's caused interference to imaging, or I don't know. It was half a run for both of them, or something. It's certainly not a hot go. Well, what have been Nash's fault, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Nash. Yeah, he's been suspended from the 16th of August through to the 1st of September, but I guess probably the more interesting noise was the reports that the stewards were asking him to refer to a psychologist in the, the short term. I guess there's probably two questions. First of all, is that newsworthy? And second of all, is it necessary? Well, I, I just like, I'll let Curly take over in a second, but... I, I think if Nash has to go and see a psychologist, like the the line should be pretty fucking enormous because most of them should, we all should. It, like, <laughs> as far as riders in Australia or the world go, I think he's in the top sort of five percent, ten percent. And if he's got issues, God help the rest of them. Well, I'm sure. And, um... and 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 is the game paying for the for that? Like, does racing in South Wales pay for that? So therefore, the industry pay for that? Because if they do, what? Like, we're going to get to my day later on. But, like, why can't I go and see one? <laughs> Best I've got to deep dive with you three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I watched the psychologist on Afterlife. I'd love to see Nash and him in the same room. Well, <laughs> uh, did, it did catch my attention in these articles. I didn't. I did do a bit of reading last night, and I did notice that this um, Van Gestel was quoted as saying this is an initiative between um, the Jockeys Association there in New South Wales and the stewards. Um, I don't know, like it's a it's an interesting one, I suppose, because it's not something you'd sort of anticipate to be discussed publicly. I suppose if um, you know if you I suppose if you're struggling mentally in your workplace, uh, I suppose jockeys are independent contractors, are they? But um, their bosses are the stewards in a way, and their bosses said, "Look, you're not uh, you're not sweet. I'm going to send you in for some counselling." That's not something that you'd want to be talking no. about publicly. Well, in that sense, I think that's, yeah. that's that's the main point of this whole thing. It's it's like just grotesque, like the wrong. Like if one of you guys or one, or I have to go and see a psychologist because I'm battling with handling this, we don't do a, an announcement to the world. We handle that internally because it's. If it's about mental health, and one of the main factors is like the pressure and the noise. Yeah, look, so I that, think it's just like, it's ridiculous to, to announce it to the world. Yeah, I think, like you say, individual choice for the person. I mean, I've discussed this previously. Of you know, I, get, I speak to a psychologist apart from apart from this therapy session weekly. <laughs> um, you know, I speak to you know that's fine. That's people for discussion. But I, I wouldn't anticipate that you know that my boss would come out and tell. Tell people that I'm going that I have to go and see one. Yeah, if you want to or Nash wants to to talk yeah. about it, then like, then the the platform needs to be there to openly talk about it. But it's not for someone else to, to go. Hey, here Nash, talk about it. Hey Curly, talk about it. It's Curly, it's the individual's you, choice. Yeah, Curly, you've done your ass in July. Go and see someone. <laughs> All right, just before we leave New South Wales... which Before, before just, we finish the show, though, I might get that number. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob, do you have a horse to follow out of the, the card there at Rose Hill? Uh, look, uh, until I, I see, you know, um, the other three-year-olds come back, it's, it's Anders. Um, 
the thing in the last. Can we talk about that? Um, that maybe it's it's four from four now and probably overplayed for the Kosciuszko. Uh, Curly, got your your tickets together? Nah, nor will I. <laughs> Ever. Well, outstanding. <laughs> All right. Curls, it's your turn. Um, we'll start with your hot go at Toowoomba, or I should say your sting um, this week. Uh, it was, what, $17 into $4.40, $4.50, and one like a $1.60 shot? <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> well, mate, That's outstanding. Oh, stinger. Uh, hey, oh. oh, man, sting. Um, look, um yeah, Vic Heading trained this horse, point the wagon. Now, um, we had a small bet. We had a small bet early for the service at the price. Uh, sort of anticipated this horse could go right off. A um, couple of things. Firstly, the trainer has, I'm not sure whether you'd say a purple patch, but I think he went, now it could be, these figures could be slightly exaggerated. I should be looking, I should be confirming these on punning form, but. I think Vic had, you know, maybe four winners from 220 runners or five winners from 220 runners in his career Where? as a trainer. <laughs> and, uh, and, and they complain about, like, how hard it is to make a living. He's still training off that strike rate. I think they're doing all right, the trainers. Yeah, and look, and, and of those winners, the five winners, four of them have come in the last month. So um, that's sort of – I think that qualifies as a purple patch. So um, <laughs> his horses had been struggling a little bit. He's a, he's a trainer from out west. That had recently sort of moved into and brought his horses into Toowoomba so he can give them more consistent training. So you think about these trainers that train out, you know, out the back of nowhere, um, you know, with no facilities at all. So these horses have moved in, they're galloping on grass tracks rather than around a sand paddock or a back of bitumen uh, gravel road somewhere, you know, swimming them, working them, galloping with other horses. So there's, I was just thought, you know, obviously there was something, there was something to it. There was something to the, uh, you know, there was a reason behind. You see us trying to sort of hit a purple patch and you, you try and find out the reasons for it, I suppose, um, rather than just assuming that they're all, that they're cheap, basically, like most of, most of Twitter. races that sort of goes to, <laughs> leads to. Um, this horse did have a figure, though, in fairness. Like this horse on punning form, uh, you know, did have a figure run a place at Yapoon and Mackay uh, in, in sort of central Queensland and, um the field that it was up against didn't, you know, wasn't much chop either. So, so the sting um, makes a lot of sense. And sometimes too, when you're betting out, especially the wider joints, if if Curly knocks it off from 14s into 10, say, someone might notice that. Then they'll knock it off from 10s into nines. Then someone yeah. else, like, you follow the money a bit. It's not always, it's not always like a, a Ballarat race five. It's not always a raw, but um, you know, other than Queensland, it'd be silly to think it's not. I suppose. <laughs> this time it was a sting with my man, and uh, it was, um, yeah, it was a good result. I mean, I suppose the thing is, though, I suppose you can understand a little bit of, uh, you know, potential raw meter going off because it didn't, like, it didn't just win. It sat outside the leader and won by 7.8 lengths. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, look, anyway, uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's one of those things that happen when you're these low-class races when you've got low horses. Um, you know, it's, um, these things can happen and they can, these maidens can improve, I suppose. Yeah, so, yeah it does they happen. Um, 
Anyway, look, the stable's going well. It's a horse to follow. Um, it'll wouldn't be surprised if it heads to Sydney for a Cosy Oscar and changes trainer and wins the championship or something. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down. Settle down. Curly, it was part of a really strong weekend for yourself, though. Sorry, mate? It was just part of a really strong weekend for yourself. Uh, you seem yeah. to just be knocking off prices left, right and centre and getting the, the results. Yeah, look, it's been a, it's been good i went through a real lull um sort of late july or mid basically through july was really flat i think i just put it down to the wet tracks so, um but weather started to improve a little bit um i know the track was a little bit wet this week about a bit of rain but not as anywhere near as much and um yeah look i think uh that's definitely helped um and just been on the end of some good rides and we've uh, i've been able to identify some good trainer jockey combos and yes yeah, on that, do you want to give us a Chris Waller update? Yes. I'll tell you how good Chris is. This is how good he is. Not only is he training winners everywhere, but he had uh, – so the standard the standard thing in Queensland, if you go through the stewards report, trainers normally get fined $200 for a late declaration of a jockey. Uh, Chris had three late declarations on Saturday, and stewards accepted his reasoning for the late declarations and took no action. Um, that's how good he's going, Chris, in Queensland at the moment. Small the stable's wins. flying. Um, we, had, we, had, we backed two of his horses this week. Uh, one of them, of course, our man up in Queensland right now is Luke Dickman. He's winning on everything that we back, and he produced a gem to win for us. Unfortunately, he couldn't ride uh, the other Chris Waller runner that we backed, um, and they put Mark Duplessis on at the weight because Luke couldn't get Ooh. down to the weight, and um, it was... Tragedy is a word that gets thrown around a lot in racing. It's a little bit of an over-exaggeration, but like this thing was an absolute tragedy. So um, I'm going to use that word. I was, like that. I was a little bit sickening, but um, I suppose that's just the way it goes. Mark got held up and, um, yeah, flew home and ran second or third, I think, in the end. Um, it was a good go, that winner, actually, in that race. Black Log was... Um, <laughs> 26s into nines, sat last, pulled out of the 600 and rounded them up and pissed him. Black log is hilarious. <laughs> um, that's, uh, the raw motor was going off there, but once again, too good, too good on the day. But it was an amazing go. 26s into nines or something like that it was. I'm not sure. Um, he just keeps winning though, punters. If you want to get involved, head to themailbag.com.au. You've got an array of options to get curly stuff. Even the things that are losing, like there was one on the Gold Coast. The thing was trucking. Absolutely trucking, and then it got its head on the side a little bit as it cornered, and just like ran like it was beaten by about fifteen lengths. It was, it would have traded, and I was watching it. It 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 hit at least like a dollar forty. It probably hit a lot lower, because I, I was on, and I was this is all over. It just, that was weird, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I was sort of thinking. I can't remember, remember what it was called. Catch me later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once it's turned its head on the side, the kid had a lot of trouble sort of, you know, mm. steering and, and, and keeping the momentum up and, um, yeah, just threw the race away. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's obviously that was one that we were on for the service and it's the last time we'll be on it as well. I think after Don't that, I, that. I, can't, I can't come into horses that want to carry on like that. Um, yeah, it was a strange one, but all in all, Brisbane was a pretty... Uh, pretty decent day, but the racing was fine. It didn't seem to be too much drama there. One thing that was very noticeable, and I think I've touched on this with you guys previously, um, 
I said there's going to be a lot of apprentice jockeys that I don't think are ready for town getting rides on decent horses on Saturdays. No apprentice jockey won a race Saturday. Um, uh, they started, a few of them did start, you know, reasonably strong in the market. And um, there was a couple of instances where the senior jockey was just able to lift one late, um, you know, throughout, the, you know, a couple of instances throughout the day where the strong senior was getting the job done. So, um, yeah, interesting to see what, what the trend is going forward there. They seem to get a lot of these apprentices in Queensland that still claim two in the bush and then get their metro licence and, you know, get the three kilo claim in town, which, I don't know, whatever. Um, from a punning point of view, it makes, it a, makes them a, a bit of a risk, I thought. That was all. Well, potentially Japan might want them. Um, yeah, I don't really have a comment on there that I want to air on this show. I'm not sure anyone does, do they? <laughs> um, I don't understand it, but uh, look, you guys obviously been used to down in Melbourne. You might have something like I don't what, like what? So apparently, Japan wants the the really good female riders potentially to go up there for a, a short term contract. Um, you know, breeding season. They were talking about the jockeys, Rob. Oh, sorry. They they do breed the best horses in the world. The Japanese. Fucking yeah, love, you know, you know, I love everything. Oh, I just just the way that sport is run over there. We could we could learn a lot in Australian racing and looking at Japan, even though they've got a tote only. But fuck, it's great. It's a joy. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to pass any comment. Yeah, well, is the jockey ranks in Melbourne? Like, is it deep enough to to have jockeys exiting the place? We, we've got one of your jocks that's relocated to Queensland. I think the article on dot com was um, something about. Beautiful, wasn't it? This is oh, moving for love. Moving for love. Moving for love. love. Leaving for love. Yeah. Uh, I probably would too. Ben he wasn't He's riding many horses here anyway. Um, uh, he's leaving to... Uh, his missus was, was a rider here as well. Uh, the only real rider down here is, is um, Jay Carr. Uh, Linda's been away for a fair while. Um Fuck, I love Linda. I, I, just the way she speaks. She should get more of a role on in racing. She's just a fucking quirky, just racing, love it person. Love it. Well, she she's the most talented, or like my favourite, um, probably one of my favourite riders as a rule, like on the right sort of horse. Um, I can't catch Jay Carr. I can't catch a lot of them. Like, we've given it to Jay Carr for the tactics on Ginger Jones, but... She easily rode the best race of anyone on Saturday on antagonising in the last at Flemington. If you go and look, watch that replay, that race was chaos. That map was chaos. She bounced and put the horse in the absolute A1 spot and presented it to win. The horse just wasn't good enough. Um, so uh, her best and her worst is just mm. so far apart that it's just so hard to catch. Um, what about Jade McNaught? She's, she seems to put every, give everyone a chance. Every time she's running, she got oh, one known for me. Someone Cal- on the show is a huge fan. Yeah, well, Kalgoorlie yesterday, I was a huge fan of her. Race three or four, just up the inside. What was it called? Something Amsterdam. New Amsterdam in the first yeah. one from <laughs> last my attention. <laughs> no, I've already done the replays, so you got to stay on top of, uh, of everything. Um, <laughs> what? Just before we move to Flemington Dickens, uh, we'll run through the top five pre-play and in-play for Betfair. 
Uh, pre-play, we had two at Rose Hill, Anders and Talia. Both of them, one's not a surprise there. Um, at Flemington, South Pacific, Tabidance and coming around. Two of those got the job done. We'll touch on South Pacific potentially. How much was matched? Uh, we're talking 399000 for South Pacific, Tavi Dance 311000 and 397000 for coming around. In play, the gold medal this week goes to Talia with 54000 matched in play. Silver goes to Tavi Dance with 46271 And then Cloak at Doombin, 40235 Cloak was second on the punning form benchmarks up there in Doombin, just narrowly behind... Um, another horse, which was uh, Roman Aurorus. Roman Aurorus. Ex-Chic horse, Cloak. Mm. My kind of horse, good type. Um, you know, wouldn't mind buying an ex-Chic horse at some stage. Well, you might get a chance, Rob. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Okay. Now, we'll go to Flemington. Uh, interesting little statistic here, courtesy of our friends at Betfair. Turnover was up 20% for the same meeting at Flemington year on year, and the amount of people who bet on the meeting was up 36%. Dicko, is racing flying? Oh, I think, um, yeah, it is. Yeah. I think I think Racing Victoria is the, I think it's the best product in Australia. Um <laughs> Well, I I couldn't bet anywhere Everest. else. I couldn't bet in Queensland if I didn't have Curly telling me what to do. And and just on that, like, well done to you guys on the weekend. I had an awful day, and I was still had plenty of bullets thanks to just listening and following all all three of you. Not so much you, Peter. You uh, come good right when I was uh, bathing the kid, which is just <laughs> the pizza showed up with no anchovies, which was a win, but. I was really happy for you, but just so fucking angry. And just like, ugh. Um, yeah, I, I went through it. Like, I didn't land a blow for the movers, and we um, we, 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 we found a, a good winner for the, from the, the, the race-by-race race set. But I think we're pretty stiff. Like, if one of the movers wins, we're sort of square. And if two win, um, it's a big day. We backed WUT to beat... South Pacific, who I couldn't get over the price, yep. and I went again and again on WT. I was right. Like South Pacific was playing first up, it was it wasn't strong enough through the line for me to, to to like mark it as a proper like moral here. It hemorrhaged late, hemorrhaged like it did the start before, and like it did like the start before. Example, I was just blessed in run, and allowed to do what it likes. Billy Egan was just so intent on being in a position. Didn't give a fuck about the tempo. It was one of the most brain-dead rides of the weekend, which is a big call because there was a lot of brain-dead riding on the weekend. <laughs> WT, I think WUT should have won. I don't know if that's just because I backed it, but if he's closer, he wins, in my opinion. And he could have been because he, like the fucking previous start at Caulfield, instead of just letting the horse get into its work, he was just fighting it for that position the whole race. It was sickening to watch. I hated it in run. I still thought we'd probably win top of the straight. Uh I think I made an error not chopping Exemplar. I chopped Burt Whistle. Um, when I went back through it, I probably should have chopped Exemplar because it, it was going to get the right run. It did have a good enough figure to win the race. John uh, Allen and, looked And I thought John Allen, yeah. moral. <laughs> Absolute moral. It's all over, punters. I, I almost, we're, we're in the process, guys, of getting a little tortoise made up, a little tortoise thing. We're going to get him smoking the pipe because that's what John was doing here. He was smoking the pipe out in front, going as slow as you like. 
And we were, I was almost going to send it off to the engraver and say, just put John Allen exemplary in for week two, the second and the second champ. He was outdone, though, by Will Price in race three on Flinders River, proving beyond doubt for me, each their own Dior, do your own research. But the severe reprimand handed down to the young apprentices a month or so back at Caulfield is obviously having an effect as Will Price somehow took over from John Allen and rode the slowest tempo to the 600. So Will Price wins the Turtle Award, whatever we're going to call it. We're still working on the name, the sloth, the turtle, we don't know. But slowest tempo to the 600, Will Price. Congratulations, you go in. Stewards are happy with you. Uh, how, how short would have Jay Allen have traded for that trophy this time? No, it's all over. It's all over. All over. Fucking sick. Easy stiff there. Any mention in the stewards report, Dicko? Uh, I had that up. I was going to say, the stewards only mention it in the report when they go too fast. If you go too slow, they just yeah, give you, you a pat on the back. You handle the stewards report, Peter. I'll handle like the just the... Therapy session for myself. Okay. Uh, race, race four, I've backed um, five kingdoms just off the good run at Mooney Valley. Uh, I think it was a good run. Novatia is a good run. Winning partner, very good run. Uh, we were just sort of betting against Tavi Dance uh, returning to form, which it did. Uh, it's outstanding ride by Jay Carr here. Like, what she, to get off the fence like she did, um, to show some intent like she did, uh, if Luke Nolan wanted to show some intent, maybe Five Kingdoms goes closer. Uh, same with Will Price on winning partner, but we know Will's going to be adverse to showing intent because they get severely reprimanded when they do. Uh, not happy with that bet, though, as a rule. And then we go to race five, where I have launched at Laburnum to beat Coming Around, who we're going to look at in a little bit of detail. Pete, if you want to flip up data on it, you could. Yep. But Coming Around has... So Laburnum's been scratched at the gates, Right which is to set back. And it's had, it's had to have a trial instead of the race, which isn't ideal the way I, I sort of look at it. It's come out and run an identical figure to what it ran the previous start, just about, and maintained its level. So I think by watching the trial and making more decisions, I, I'm really, really happy with how I bet here. Um, the, the map went as I, as I thought. The market at the end, at the death, hated coming around and really came for Laburnum. I think you could back that up with a data, Pete. I'm not sure. Uh, that's how I sort of remember it going. I didn't factor in, rightly or wrongly, that coming around would improve fucking 12.2 lengths from its Swan Hill run, where it was blessed and didn't didn't win, to, to, to come out and improve by 12 lengths and get me straight in the snuff or the spaghetti or whatever we're calling them. <laughs> Like, like how cursed? It's improved by twelve lengths. There was an absolute like a mile to third. Very, 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 very frustrating. Um, race six. We back Sosi Bond, Mike Zara. Like, if I was, if you were drafting, if you had a draft for the riders in Victoria, and you had the number one pick, I'd take D Oliver. If I had the number two pick, you're probably taking Mark Zara. Craig and particularly Williams. in this race. You're going to go Mark Zara or you're going to go D-Lane. That's where, that's where I'm at. What about, what about Craig? Premier I'd take Craig four. Anyway, he's in the top four. In a, in a race with D, Bates, Mellum, Yendel, Egan and Joy, Mark Zara's the only bike to lose momentum. Sosie Bond, I don't, I don't know what you do with it, but I think it, you can't bag it off that run. Um, 
Oliver lifted home of the bro. Thank God he did because we ended up being with it. Um, good run. Good race. What do you think of great again, Pete? Lindsay? I thought it went sort of better than I anticipated. Yeah, I, th- I, thought, I thought it, it went well. the last 100 and it sort of really stuck on. It's sort of been up for a little while as well. Like, it's it's doing... Yeah, I mean, if you owned it, you'd be loving it. But, um, yeah, it's becoming probably short enough as a betting conveyance. It still needs everything to go right for it. Probably needs the exact right tempo. And they probably went a touch slow with it being up front. But, yeah, that's probably nitpicking a bit. And then uh, race... Seven. I have that Crimson Ace nine fifty ten dollars smashed SP again. Well done, Jack. That doesn't pay the bills though, does it? You... Um, I've made an error here. Like I've beat myself up about this. We provided prices, so I was looking at them a little bit more than I normally do. My actual prices. We look at a few other things when we're doing our day to day stuff. I've marked this winner like three dollars two eighty, and it's drifted. And I don't care for drifts with Waller horses. I don't care what the market sort of does. I think he's a pretty sort of straightforward operator. Um, th- this horse is probably the most impressive horse out of the meeting, I reckon. It's two from two now. It killed him. It wasn't suited. I don't think, I don't think it or Crimson Ace, like Crimson Ace, which we were with, missed the start, was back and buried the fence, lost momentum and closed really nicely. Good run. You can follow it <laughs> again. Um, although Ben Mellon's ride on... Cadre de Nord du Noir was outstanding, gave it every every possible, but this Skyman just killed him. Nice horse, uh, made an error not being with it for the late mail stuff there. And then oh, fuck, race eight. Race eight. Octane's improved 12.3 lengths. <laughs> I'll repeat. Octane has improved 12.3 lengths. Rock Profit, who we were with at $8 or $9, started second favourite, hemorrhaged. It's improved 0.6 lengths. Sort of Mercy's improved 2.2 lengths, who are with heavily. Very, very grey, this for me. Like, what do I do here? How do you justify backing Octane at that price? Has anyone here honestly got theories on how to handle these SA horses who come here and just spike? No. Outside of being in the yard and getting a really good visual on the horse, I think that's probably the the, the, the difficulty that we're under at the moment. But I, I was with you. I couldn't have it at that price. But it didn't budge, did it? No. All right. It was a bit soft, I thought, then it firmed. Yep. Uh, great ride again, J Carr. Can't catch her. Lewis German, sleepy, sleepy effort on uh, Rock Profit. If he was closer, he wins. Anyway. And then race nine... Um, well, I didn't say it. You did, Pete, but I, I didn't disagree with you at all. Like, you were bagging this horse that won severe, and so you should have been. Like, what what has happened here? I don't. I still don't know. Uh, antagonizer, I assume, traded extremely short in run because J Car again. <laughs> she started the show off on a poor foot, but she has come good. This is an outstanding piece of riding from J Car and Antagonizer. Um, I don't know how I didn't win. I think Vegas Knight was a run of the race and can be followed with confidence. It's a really nice horse, was not suited and went enormous. few nice runs in the race. Um, poor that girl. Like, P. Stokes. I mean, for a, for a yard that's got such an astute man behind the scenes who doesn't lay horses off uh, inside mail but lays it off form factors, the tactics that they keep employing with that girl is staggers me because if... 
if I was involved, I'd ride. I'd I'd be advising a lot different tactics. They've tried to show intent here from fucking barrier. <laughs> the ride was just wrong. The tact. They set this this young walking nine off the the the, the work, awful task. It was wide and cast. It's forgive run again. That girl's just always tortured. I don't I don't know why they rode it how they rode it. I don't know why they ride it like they ride it normally. Um, Vegas night, the horse to follow from that race. Uh, frustrating day. All right, very good. I'll quickly touch on Belmont. Uh, not sure there was too much going on back uh, back west on, on Saturday. The performance of the day was Führer. Uh, it was really strong up front, settling outside the leader. It was a day where rails and run was disadvantaged unless you were leading. Um, but I think clearly the horse to follow out of the meeting is leading girl, which was running around in race six, was not suited whatsoever and closed enormous against the day. Um, for me, very frustrating. Found a couple of winners early on. Thought they would get in the wrong spot, like Nerodio, for instance, landed in perfect spot, just midfield with cover, off the fence, absolutely killed them. And then I think probably the most fun I had all day was the last race after backing so well the last two starts. It loomed up, and it's the first time I think I can remember that I've deliberately tried to find a horse that would sit three wide without cover and that was Bonneville Black, and as soon as it landed there and run, it went out to $20 on the fair. I was just clicking away, happy as Larry, because it was exactly what I wanted. The horse was bolting at the top of the straight, and it just hung on to beat the other horse that we backed, which was Throwdown at Big Odds. And so is this the horse loomed. I missed? Yeah, this yes, is the one you missed. missed. So Wall loomed and then failed in the last couple of hundred metres, and it just made all things make sense. I went you know and just how fat this is for you? stuck my head into a halal snack pack and just gorged and then sank some goats and went to a quiz night where I was no good because I was too busy thinking about three wide Maddie and just being deliriously happy. So thank you, Maddie Derrick. Thank you for summing up, keeping your horse comfortable, not panicking when you're three wide without cover, but you're in the best ground and just winning the race. Bless you. I would have, if I had known these things, just taken so much of that 20s with you. So it's just a, it's a complete fill for you. Mm. If you had told me that's where you wanted it to be and I seen it and watched it, I was already half tilting. But you're bathing the young man, Jack. You're doing what all good men do and take care of their young ones and make them grow into big, strong humans. Yeah, big, strong human that shits four times a day. <laughs> I've got uh, another one. Can't wipe his own ass. Yeah, well, I've got another one at uh, Rose Hill in the, in the Fender race, Discharged, um, one of my favourite horses for, speaking of in play, uh, hit 200 to 1 one day when Geo looked like it was going to go straight past it, got triple figures, you know, it's not all about me. Um, but anyway... It, doesn't look like a wet track horse. Come back well. Got a little bit hot late, and um, we'll be winning this class this time in. Very good, boys. Anything else that we want to cover off? Um, just before we go, though, like if you're watching this and you give a shit about integrity, watch all the stuff we talked about at Ballarat and give us your opinions. We're not saying anything did happen. We're just asking if you think it did. We're not sure. I guess that's all you can do, isn't it? It's been a big week. We're looking forward to another week ahead. Curly, we'll touch on you. What's your schedule looking like? Because it's we often get people saying, what's Curly doing? What's on the calendar for curls? Um, this week we're going to be picking the eyes out of Doombin Wednesday, um, Ipswich Thursday. There's a couple of North Queensland meetings. Um, look, I love a rort and I love a sting, but I'm, I'm just... I'm not good enough to pull either off in North Queensland. So we'll steer away from the North Queensland meetings. 
Uh, and then Saturday, we've got the uh, standard double header at Gold Coast and Toowoomba at the Provincials with the Metropolitan Meeting to cover. Sunday, we'll pick the eyes out of Kilcoy, affectionately known locally as the Mooney Valley of the North, but the Mooney, but Mooney Valley is not that big a shithole. So um, that's my schedule for this week. Very good. Rob Scurry, your week ahead? Mate, just be getting out to Randwick on Saturday, I guess. You know, Rose Hill, Randwick, heavy 12. Try not to give it back. I seem to win at Rose Hill and lose at Randwick. Any good races there? Uh, there will be. Uh, it'll be the San Domenico or maybe it's the up and coming. It's the up and coming. Story about, We've got it here. Yeah. yeah. Magic good. Albert, I've got a story about him in that race, but, you know, save that for another time. Jack Dickens. And we've got, we've got Ladbrokes. Ladbrokes. Settle down. Sandown Hillside, Wednesday. Caulfield Saturday. Um, yeah, we've got the usual movers through the week. Um, yeah, another week. Don't sound another week in the, in the COVID bubble. Um, uh, there's some big things on the horizons, hopefully, for uh, for the team. Stay tuned. Indeed. Oh, I'm got... a bit down after just talking about that fucking Flemington. I thought you were talking about race eight at Belmont. That shits me. Uh, yesterday, back to good trialer, missed the start. Fuck, it, it jumped. It had three trials where it led. Jamie Carr fucked me again. <laughs> like, and then and then I didn't trust Jay Fry in the last race. I just thought like he, he'll ride this thing cold as like cold as, and it just would just flash and miss. It led <laughs> and won. I saw. Oh that. fuck me! I think you should go and see a psychologist. Yeah. Put it on the company card, mate. I think you do. Do you reckon I could put put like a pack of darts on the company card and claim them? No. Like medicine? You're definitely not. <laughs> not anymore. If it was the thirties, you probably could. Yeah, fa- just fascinated though to see what happens over the next week. We've uh, said some things that most people wouldn't say. We're we're trying to just talk about things that we think need to be spoken about. We're not trying to accuse anyone of doing anything too untoward. We just want integrity. And I'll be fascinated to see how we get treated for talking about it. That's what I'm most looking forward to this week, to be honest. Will will we get the old cease and desist from Race Victoria? It wouldn't be the first time. Could it be the last? Also, update punters. We have got some correspondence back from .com about sponsoring the Mountain Yard. Hopefully seeing some ponies. Didn't watch a second of it on Saturday because I just can't handle it. As you can tell, I'm a bit fragile at the moment. But we are waiting on a price. When we get the price, we'll make a decision. We might be able to get some eyes on ponies in Victoria. That's been another episode of That's What Shits, Jack Dickens. Uh, Stay tuned for more next week. It's been the deep dive. Thank you to Betfair and puntingform.com.au. Bye-bye.